0: Praise the Lord, my lords, the mightiest, mightiest prophets of the Lord. Amen, uh, my blessed son, uh, Senior Pastor Ransom and Senior Pastor Kennedy. Uh, This morning, we are live on air. Yes, please, my lords, you are live on air, please, my lords. Well, uh, blessed people, uh, the Lord Jehovah, uh, the Lord, the eternal King, the creator of all the universe the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one that woke you up this morning, the one that uh, without him waking you up this morning, you would not be alive, the one that gave us Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior to come and die for the sins of all men on the Calvary Cross, at Calvary, uh, that he may redeem all men, that whosoever believes in him, receives him and becomes baptized, confess their sins, and acknowledge that he is Lord and Savior, is saved, and at that moment inherits the glorious kingdom of eternity in heaven, the Lord Jehovah, the tremendous God of Israel, Jehovah Elohim, He has spoken with me this past night in a very, very powerful way. And in this past night, blessed people, the Lord and churches right now, wherever you're tuned in, all over this land of Kenya, and those who dare to tune in from other nations, um, this past night. The Lord Jehovah had a confronting between the two prophets of the book of Revelation, chapter 11, and himself. So there was a conversation that took place this past night when the two prophets of the Lord stood before the Lord of all the earth this past night. And the Lord communicated with them regarding the glorious coming of Christ Jesus the Messiah. Remember, at the core of their mission is to prepare the church and give the church a safe exit from this sin at the glorious coming of the Messiah, the holy and righteous church. The church that trusts in Christ Jesus uh, as Lord and Savior. The church that is born again properly. And we are talking at a very pivotal time when all emissary, all heavenly emissary, all heavenly envoy, all missions of God now are focused on the entry of the church, the final approach of the church into the glorious kingdom of heaven. And it's a very powerful time because now we have the youth church also experiencing a tremendous revival across the universities of this country. And it is my prayer that other nations too will have a hunger, the kind of hunger, the, the, the unbelievable historic hunger that has consumed the youth all of a sudden in this land and, of course, the church. There is an, an unbelievable hunger that has consumed the church in Kenya right now. And the youth especially. There is now a big flame of hunger that is consuming the youth in the universities. There's a very big revival right now ongoing. Every single youth now is asking, how can I be holy? How can I find Christ? How can I live different? How can I change my way? So that is the most powerful time in the history of man that a point may come, a time may come, a day may arrive, an appointed season may come, when all of a sudden the youth and the entire church may be ablaze with the hunger of God, the way we are seeing in Kenya, and the nations that dare to tune in, to listen to this voice of Yahweh. This hunger we are seeing now, sweeping through the church and especially the youth church now is ablaze this is a pivotal time, this is a prime time in the church and so the Lord is speaking to his two most glorious prophets this past night at a time when he has used them to blow up the church into flames, to set the church ablaze, to convict the hearts of the youth asking how can we change our lives how can I live differently now? How should I dress? How should I live? How should I talk? How should I conduct myself? How can I, act in the light of Christ, and the entire church? We're seeing the cripples are walking. The celebrations at Mount Abadea's yesterday, with Deputy Archbishop, the Honorable, the, the former Deputy Speaker of the National Assembly and Minister of Livestock Development. At agriculture on Ibukabingu, we see that blaze that set up yesterday, the fire with the cripple Peter Enoch walking, it was such a tremendous, every region every region the meeting in trading centers, towns, cities, big revival, crusades, people are receiving the Lord out of testimony so this is the hour at which the Lord is speaking to his two glorious prophets, at a time when He has set the church ablaze through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the conversation that ensued yesterday when the two prophets of the Lord stood before the Lord of all the earth is regarding the glorious coming of the Messiah and the final approach of the church. And the way it began, I don't have to give the great detail, is that uh, one of the prophets, the Lord brought him to the scene, And the cloud of God came, and then the other prophet was standing at a position, at a distance, so one could see, one could see the other one facing the other direction, then he turned and faced the Lord, the cloud, and this one, the same. And then there was this conversation going on. And I told you, blessed people, that there is so much enigma, there is so much concealed within the mission, of the two prophets of the book of Revelation, chapter eleven. Why? Because that is just by the hidden counsel of God Almighty, that prerogative and reserve. But you can see that uh, uh, this mission is essentially anchored on the mission to Israel, which is at the core of this entourage of the Lord at this hour. Now, the Lord is asking that the church may repent that people of the earth may listen to the gospel and receive the gospel and turn away from sin, repent totally, and be born again properly. Uh, be born again properly. Like I have said severally, I have seen the entry of the church. And the church that gets to enter heaven is a church that is born again properly let nobody lie to you wherever you are, that you can mix a little bit of this, and mix a little bit of that, and still enter the kingdom of God. The church that gets to enter heaven is a church that is born again properly. And I know you and your churches, you're listening to my voice now, the voice of the Lord, and the message is this, that receive the gospel, and be born again properly, and Fulfill all the requirements of Bible, of Scripture. Be baptized the way Jesus was baptized in complete immersion. Make sure you are baptized in complete immersion. And after that, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and of fire. And he says, freely, you ask freely you will be given. He said you are his children. He will give it to you. Simply ask and then the Holy Spirit will come and baptize you and give you courage and change the value systems of your heart and begin to redirect you, reorientate you, reposition you for the glorious kingdom of God, no matter the circumstances around you. He will simply change the value systems of your heart. And you know too well that he will remove things from your heart and replace now with the things of God the thing of eternity, the priority of everlasting life. The Bible says, your way, O God, is in your sanctuary. Who is so great a God as Jehovah Yahweh? In other words, your way, O God, is in your holiness. Because he's talking about the holiness, the transaction. is talking about the, the, what transpires the sanctuary. Your way, O God, is in thy sanctuary, meaning is in your holiness. Who is so great a God as Jehovah, our Lord, Jehovah, our God, our Creator, saying that there is no other God except the triune God, except the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, with their redemptive mission for mankind on the earth, that mankind may now strengthen their faith because of time, upon Him that has sent them Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, that you may now bolt and rivet your dependence on Him, not on the world, that you may trust on Him more, that you may now rely on His grace more, embrace it, subscribe it also, and protect the grace, because it's your one and only way to enter through the glorious church into the glorious kingdom of God that you may treasure his mercy and behold it with greater reverence and gravity, that he has had mercy on you, mercy on the church, that you may be able to celebrate his election upon you. Because this, by no doubt, now you know that this is the election of God, the generation that has been elected. And in the process, the Lord is also warning, therefore, that you stay away from the apostasy of the day. You see in Galatians chapter 1, 6 on when he's questioning the apostasy. How apostasy is killing the present-day church is tremendous. Is a whole conversation. They try to soften the command of God. And so the Lord is saying, just stay away from this. The conversation the Lord is having with the church now through his servants is to warn the church to stay away from this delusion, this lie that has come into the church where they are now softening the commands of God, the commandment of God. They are distorting the command of God. Yet we know what the book of Matthew chapter 5 verse 48 says, and I'm reading it here now. Matthew chapter 5 48 it says, Again, Matthew 5, 40, says, Be perfect therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Be holy therefore, for your heavenly father is holy. So, today, you find that they are mixing their salvation. There are people who pronounce, proclaim, they say, I'm born again. I'm serving the Lord. I'm born again. And yet, they are not born again. The devil has lied to them and they have mixed the salvation of the Lord with the world, they have another paradigm, another philosophy, another principle and theory. They are pursuing another theology, another doctrine. Why? Because the apostasy that the Lord has sent us to warn you about. Essentially, it attempts attempts to soften the governance, the, the commandments of God. Distortion of the gospel, distorting the gospel. And yet we know Matthew 5, 48 that I've read says, Be holy therefore, for I am holy. Be perfect therefore, for I am perfect. That scripture will be fulfilled. So the Lord is asking that the church may stay away from that softening of the commandment of God. Why? Then that will help you appreciate the generosity of God's grace. Once you don't buy into the softening of of the commandment of God to turn it down when God has commanded righteousness he has commanded repentance he has commanded holiness that will help you to really appreciate the generosity of our God Yahweh by giving us the grace the grace of God God's grace through Christ Jesus it will also help you to appreciate more the mercy of God's gospel, the gospel, the mercy that is invaded in the gospel of God. Eh? It will help you carry the gospel with extreme gravity. The gospel has being the only way for accessing the glorious kingdom of God at such a tremendous time, a pivotal time in the history of the church. And he's saying that the seed that is softening the of God is also attempting to soften the gospel, distorting the gospel, compromising the gospel, and make it worldly, to make the gospel worldly. So if they're addressing it worldly, their lifestyle is worldly. To soften the gospel. Apart from softening the commandment of God, also softening the gospel. In in this softening the gospel. Hmm? It is uh, distorting the gospel. So after, after to the worldly lifestyle. So the church essentially have amalgamated and inculcated and assimilated the world and the culture of men into the gospel. So that is warning. This morning as you church, that is the warning the Lord is touch. And so when you to the gospel and the commandment of God and the, you essentially touch on the grace, you abuse the grace, and you you're rubbish. You rubbish the gravity of the blood of Jesus. You rubbish the gravity of the tremendous judgment of the, Lord, the Lord of Christ Jesus. And the course, you rubbish it. You are attempting to make it nothing. You are saying, no, it is nothing. And yet, He underwent such an ultimate price. He paid it all that you may be able to accept a stringent life. The righteousness of God, the holiness of God, Without which nobody gets to see the glorious kingdom of God. And you know, true well blessed people, the book of Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2. Uh, are you recording this, sermon here, this message? Yes, please, my lords. We are recording, please, my lords. Please make sure you record this because then you can replay it later. So Genesis chapter two, you know that in Genesis chapter two verse seven, he says this in Genesis two verse seven. He says, And the Lord God, the Lord God formed man, he formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So that is very powerful. He said that he took the earth, he took the dust of the earth. Yes, the soil, and then he formed man, and then he, the Spirit of God he breathed, he breathed into the nostrils of man. land the kept living, being. meaning he combined the earth and heaven into you that is sitting in the church listening to me today. He's saying, you are essentially a combination of heaven and earth. You have one component in you that is that is is that, that, that is that that is from the earth. That is Genesis from the earth. One component of you is constituted by the soil the earth, the dust of the earth. That is the part that returns to the dust of the earth. But you have the component, the soul, the spirit, that lives on eternal. That structure, okay, belongs to heaven. It stays here. You can see, all of Seated in your now thou, children, for the glorious King of Heaven, and that is what he emphasizes. In the book. He emphasizes in Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse eleven, when he says here, Ecclesiastes three eleven, he says, he says from ten, of, he says, I have seen the burden God has laid on all men on, on all men. again. Verse 10 of Exodus 3, it says, again three ten. I have seen the burden God has laid on man. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. So he's talking about the mystery of God. And he's saying that in the hearts of men, in the life of man the human being that you are, that is tuning and listening to us today, this morning, that you are composed of two components, the earthly components, that is perishable, and the eternal component, the heavenly component, that is the spirit that God breathed into your life. And you saying now here, that that component, he has embedded in you to attain your bed to recognize God, recognize eternity, recognize the hour like now, to reprioritize your lifestyle that you may now prepare for the coming of the Messiah. And the same Ecclesiastes chapter 8, 17, it says, it says, Then I saw all that God has done. No one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. Despite his efforts to search it out, Man can discover its meaning. Even if a wise man claims he knows, he cannot really comprehend it. For example, look at the enigma of the ministry of the two dreadful prophets of the Lord now. It has completely confounded the wisdom of men. Sometimes one is in the spiritual realm, another one in the physical realm to emulate what happens when Christ comes for the millennium. When some people will be in the physical realm and others the spiritual everlasting eternal bodies. Look at the fact that put heaven and earth inside you, that you may choose eternity and you may understand that the earthly realm is passing away. And you says, Blessed people, in the book of John chapter six, verse thirty five, that you may now reprioritize your lives, because the Lord is announcing the glorious coming of the Messiah. That you may now have a greater reliance on Christ Jesus. may now have a greater trust, dependence on Him. Counsel, listen to Him, obey His words. Tune your lives according to the requirements of the Messiah, of the Christ. He says that now is the time to be able now to catch the instruction. He says, your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. In other words, your way of God is in your word. Your way of God is in your holiness. Who is so great a God as Jehovah, our God? But you may now strengthen your reliance on Christ Jesus, your faith on him, your dependence on him, your trust on him, that you may embrace his grace, that treasure his mercy, and the election he has had over you. He says that is the resounding statement the resulting messages bring it to you at this hour, because you cannot leave our generations past, and in relying on Him, sufficient for you, so you don't need to blend it with philosophies, with what you see on Facebook or what, and mess up your eternity and head to hell. You don't need to mess up your faith. This speak strengthen your faith in America. To strengthen whatever you see on the, on the social in the world, in the TV, on Christian TV. You don't need to now mess up, dilute your reliance on him, your dependence on him, your trust on him. Eluding the grace. You don't need to abuse it. You don't need to mess up the mercy, the mercy was sufficient to deliver you. The election on you is a treasure. He's saying you don't have to make, to be a Christian of convenience. Soften the commandment of God. Soften the gospel. And live a life which is convenient to you. Christ Jesus is sufficient. He redeemed the Lord Jesus. Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. He redeemed the church from the world, from the flesh, from the devil, and from sin. What for all? There, there will be no second sacrifice. As sin is coming this time he has a crown. I have seen the Lord. And these two prophets, then one of them became a huge olive tree that grew all the way into heaven. And then the second one also became a huge tree <laughs> that grew into heaven. I don't like the diameter of these trees, whether it's 50 kilometers, 100 kilometers, and the roots were so strong. If that is bespeaking the anointing God has bestowed upon them, then you have lived to see that testimony already. You have seen it, You've seen it in the stadium. It is stadiums. the stadium. You have seen the cloud of God connecting heaven to them and walking in this time. It's descending on them. So that conversation is real to you more than any other generation. But he's saying... To strengthen your reliance on Christ Jesus now. Even much more than before. And in John chapter 6, verse 35, that, that Jesus is sufficient for you, wherever you are seated, blessed people. And I have come to you today that I may bless you. At the end of it, I'll bless you. Bless your families. Bless your lives. Bless your workplaces, your jobs, your health, your children, your undertakings, your fields, your crops, your livestock your salvation, your revival, your righteousness, your holiness, your eternity in heaven, I have blessed you today. I have decreed that blessing by virtue of the power of the authority, God, Jehovah, Yahweh, has conferred, conferred in my tongue, conferred upon this office, conferred upon me. But that I may help you understand that Christ Jesus is sufficient for you. You don't need to dilute it in any way and do anyway in any way in this last moment. John 6.35, he says, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Look at that now. He has promised you. <laughs> everlasting. It for you. You don't need another. You simply need to understand that the messenger that prepare his way have come to strengthen your reliance on the blood of Jesus on Christ Jesus and him alone and him alone because he's sufficient and when you get to the book verse 12 he says the following when Jesus spoke again to the people he said I am the light of the world whoever follows me Will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Again, he said, I am the living bread. Now he says, I am the light. Meaning, he is sufficient for the church. He is sufficient for you. You don't need to dilute him anymore, anyway, by the process of the day. You simply need to understand the time. He said, I am the. It's sufficient, he says. He said, I am the living bread, I am the living water, I am the light. So he's saying that you need to strengthen your reliance on Christ. John nine five, John eight twelve, we read nine five he says the following. It says, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So you cannot walk in darkness and claim that grace wasn't sufficient. No. He is all sufficient. Because you, your way, all God, your way, your life, your way, your way that leads me to heaven is in your sanctuary, oh God. Who oh will so great a God as your Father, our God, who has given us Christ Jesus, the covenant of our redemption, to strengthen your reliance on him, your faith upon him. Your dependence on him. You are trusting him. You are embracing of his grace. You are treasury of his mercy. You are your celebration of his election on you. And he says here, John chapter 10, verse 7, he says, again, John 10, 7, he says, Therefore, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. See glorious tears that I commanded heaven to release. And they released the the sky. He saying, I have that gate that leads you, that meets you to heaven. So it's all sufficient; You don't need another. He is the gate. And that's why he sent these two prophets to now come and command mm-hmm. heaven to open. That you may understand he already opened the gate for you. While in Genesis 3:24, the gate was shut. He came and died, and the covenant raptured in Matthew 27, 50, 51 Opened and admitted you into the earth of the covenant of God, the place of the tree of life. That's where the stairs have been opened. I am the gate. And nobody can enter heaven except through Him. Verse nine, the same John chapter 10. What he says there. Right there, verse 9 he says, I am the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. He'll come in and go out and find pasture. Again, right there, the shepherd. Christ Jesus the gate. And verse eleven it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He is all sufficient. That you may strengthen your faith. You are reliant upon him, your dependent on him, your trust on him, and embrace his grace and appreciate his mercy and celebrate his election over you. John ten, fourteen, why is still a ten? Why is still on John chapter ten? Verse 14 says, I have a good shepherd. I know the sheep, and my sheep know me. He is all sufficient, blessed people, wherever you are seated this morning. John chapter 11, 25, look at what he says here. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live forever. If the dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe? He like, I am the resurrection and the life. He is everything. Let us depend on Jesus. Let us not use the grace. Let us now embrace the gravity of the cross, the gravity of the work he did there, the separation he went through, and the judgment he took on your behalf, the wrath of God that was poured on him. Let us not trivialize your eyes and dilute this. Because it's all did it is all, it is all. John fourteen verse six. Why is still at that? The sufficiency that we may depend on him, have faith on him, rely on him, trust him, embrace his grace. John fourteen, verse six it says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That means the glory of tears that I commanded heaven to law is Christ Jesus himself. He is the one who opens that way. He is that way. Nobody goes past except Him. So if Christ Jesus tells you to be holy, and He says His Word, that for without holiness, no one will see the Lord, then you rather believe that, and depend on that, and tune on that, and ask the Holy Spirit to help you, facilitate you to achieve those milestones. John 14, verse 6, we have seen 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the God. Fine. If you remain in him, you'll be fruit. Hallelujah. The conversation the Lord is having with the church now. Verse 5 of, of John, chapter 15, says, I am the vine, you are the branches, and if a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit, he will be fruitful, and apart from you you cannot bear fruit. So blessed people, as I come to bless you this morning, and to let you know that there was a conversation between Jehovah and his two prophets of Revelation chapter 11, the ones you've seen, one different, the other one, they look exactly the same, but also very different. One slightly larger than the other. One slightly taller than the other. That there was a conversation when they stood before the Lord of all the earth and he spoke again about the glorious coming of the Messiah. But this is essentially the mission that the nations may now begin to trust in Christ. Not to trust in the oncologist. Not trust in the financial system. Trust in your CEO, your boss, whoever, the death of God your passport, your nationality. You say, now rely on Christ no more because time is over and the Messiah is coming. And for those who will overcome, He will give you access to the key of life. And the second death cannot touch you. And He will give you hidden manna. And He will hand you a white stone and give you a new name. And you give you power over nations, and you climb the glorious stairs of heaven, and go celebrate the wedding feast of the Lamb. So today, I bless you, eternally blessed people, those who are tuned in in Kenya or over this land. I blessed you, wherever you're seated. I blessed you, bless your lives. Say the Lord. I bless you in the mighty name of Jesus, and those who are tuned in from other nations, China, i Hail the voice of the Lord. You may be in your house in Illinois, Chicago. Chicago, Illinois. It may be somewhere in Tucson, Arizona, whatever it is, Helsinki, whatever. Those who are in the churches that are tuned in now, I have blessed your eternity. I have blessed your righteousness. <laughs> the Holy Spirit may facilitate you and cause you to be holy, cause you to recognize the other God, you to take your salvation with gravity, and to stay away from the apostasy and the delusion that is watering away, watering away the works of the cross, that you may be holy and righteous. That the Holy Spirit may help you on that day, that you may see the glorious kingdom of God. I bless your workplaces, I bless your health, I bless your salvation, I bless the way you walk the light of Christ, that you will shine. That more people may receive Jesus. I bless you eternally. In the mighty name of so shall be Amen. man. Shalom. 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 haverim a